Welcome back to the Hometown Pastor Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Regetz, and this is episode five of this first season, which is all about leading churches through change with the prophet Elijah. So far, we've followed Elijah's first encounters with King Ahab, and we talked about setting realistic expectations for how your attempts at leading change will be received. We followed Elijah out to Kareth Brook, where we talked about moving slowly and loving the church you already have. We followed the prophet to Sidon, where we remembered God's ability to stretch the smallest gifts our churches already possess into something so much more. And then last episode, we talked about leading through crisis and all the ways God uses the most difficult times we face as leaders to lead the way forward to something new. And now, the story really begins to shift. Because in the third year of this drought, Elijah is told to present himself to King Ahab because the Lord is about to bring rain on this country that so desperately needs it. After all this time, change is finally coming, even if it takes a showdown with the king to see it happen. But just before he can find King Ahab, Elijah stumbles upon Obadiah, a God-fearing man who is charged with running the palace. Obadiah is out on a mission from the king to search every spring and stream for whatever grass might be left to feed the horses, and when he sees the prophet, Obadiah can't believe it. He kneels before Elijah, saying, Is it really you? And the prophet replies, It is. Now go and tell your master that I'm here. But that's where things get interesting. Obadiah protests, saying, Why would you do this to me? If I tell him you're here, he'll kill me. And what if I return and the spirit has whisked you off to somewhere new? Then he'll kill me for sure. And so pleading for mercy, Obadiah says to Elijah, Did no one tell you what I did when Jezebel slaughtered the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred prophets, fifty men per cave, and I provided them with food and with water. And hearing this, Elijah says to Obadiah, As surely as the Lord of hosts lives, I will present myself to Ahab today. The whole story serves as a strange prelude to Elijah's showdown with the king. But as we consider our own work of leading change, and our own showdowns with those who might resist it, this story is a good one for all of us to consider. Because if we put ourselves in Elijah's shoes, we can imagine how nervous he might be for this big encounter with the king. Surely, he already knows how dangerous this is. So many prophets have already been killed. And after three years of drought, well, you can bet the king still views Elijah as the chief troublemaker. So even if he knows God is on his side, and even if he knows that God is capable of miracles, it would only be natural for Elijah to still harbor some doubts. Doubts about the outcome, doubts about his own ability to stay faithful, doubts about all the decisions he made that brought him to this point. And that sort of makes me wonder if this encounter with Obadiah is not by chance after all. Because if Elijah was feeling all alone, 
as he walked toward this crucial moment. Well, the palace manager informs him that that's not really the case. First, because Obadiah himself obviously still reveres Elijah. He kneels before the prophet the second he sees him, saying, is it really you? But even more encouraging is Obadiah's revelation that at least 100 of the country's prophets escaped Jezebel's wrath. As Elijah prepares for this moment of royal confrontation, he is reminded quite literally that he is not alone. And perhaps that's exactly what Elijah needed to hear, so that he could say with confidence, As surely as the Lord of hosts lives, I will present myself to Ahab today. I think for a lot of us, this work of leading change can feel especially lonely. That might be particularly true if you're a solo pastor, because while the people around you care deeply, they're not being paid to think about these things all day, and they have entire lives to be living outside of the church. So in the worst moments, it can seem like you're all by yourself, pushing the church forward while everyone else is judging your work with an outside perspective. Of course, that's not really true, but that hardly matters when you're struggling. When you turn to books or podcasts or the internet for advice, well, half of what you find is a kind of shame-soaked advice that says you just need to be a stronger leader. And that only pushes you further into a state of isolation. But Elijah's encounter with Obadiah reminds us that God never calls us to do this kind of work alone. And he never sends us into a place where there will be no support. Elijah imagines that he's all by himself, but then he meets Obadiah and Obadiah tells him otherwise. So perhaps I can be your Obadiah today. Because I promise if you feel alone, there are still hidden supporters in your community. They may not be the loudest voices. <laughs> they may be in hiding, or they may not even be in the building yet. But God never calls us to do this work alone. So if you've been called to transform a church, I know there are people out there who are waiting to support you. And before you go into the big battles, where real change begins to happen, it's really important that you find them, because you will need every ounce of strength and every bit of support that they can provide. You might say, well, you don't know my context. Just because there were hidden supporters for you and just because there were hidden prophets for Elijah, that doesn't mean there will be for me. But if the church still remains... It's because God has continued to call these people together, which means God isn't done with them yet. And that means there are people around you that God is still prompting to join this kingdom work. So if the church is still standing, however precariously that might be, don't give up just yet, but start searching for those hidden helpers that the Lord has stashed away. 
Obadiah hid the prophets of Israel in caves. But our help is rarely in one specified location, and we rarely find our hidden supporters all at once. So finding the help we pray for should take time, and it'll probably take some creativity and a willingness to put yourself out there, even if that sometimes means being rejected. But like everything in this work of transformation, if Jesus is leading the way, and if you're willing to endure, it can be done. You might have to find these hidden supporters somewhere outside of your own church, perhaps through a clergy group in the area, or a denominational program for pastors in your region, or even just by reconnecting with some friends from seminary. And while these people might not be able to help lead from the inside, they can still give you wisdom and insight and prayer, and they can be an outside perspective as you seek to lead the way forward. Or you might find some hidden prophets through other churches or ministries that are interested in using your building. Perhaps there's a worshiping community in your area that offers services in another language, and they could really benefit from the use of your facilities. Or perhaps there's another small congregation nearby who might be interested in merging with your own. Or perhaps there's a student group at a nearby college who could use space in the building and some people who are willing to offer them both their time and their care. Following up with these kinds of leads will likely end in a decent amount of rejection, but all it takes is one group saying yes to provide some new life and some added support as you seek to lead, change, and prove that it's possible. So even with the rejection, it's still worth searching. And if you can't find supporters in these already existing groups, well, you might just need to look outside of the institutional church altogether. One of the things we've done with our little congregation is create a Faith on Tap group that meets for conversation and drinks once a month at a nearby restaurant. And while that might not be a good fit for your particular community, there are all kinds of creative ways to create community outside of the building. So even if you don't have much support among the ranks of your current members, that still doesn't mean that you're all alone. And in the end, well, you might be surprised to discover that some of your biggest supporters will be right under your nose. Like the hidden prophets of Obadiah, they may be afraid to stick their necks out because previous leadership made them feel unsafe. Or they might just be the quiet people who don't take up the majority of your time because they seem content and you're always busy putting out fires. They might be the people you didn't expect to be interested in this work because of their age or their demeanor or for some other reason. And they might even be the people who seemed unhappy with you when you first arrived at the church. Because by moving slowly, loving the church you already have, keeping your composure when your efforts weren't applauded, and keeping a level head through times of crisis, you managed to earn their respect and soften their attitudes. And at least in my experience, these unexpected supporters, they're some of the best ones you'll find. Because they're people who know how to persevere. Usually, they've hung around, even when things seemed hopeless. 
They believed something great could still happen, even when others left the congregation. And they've been sustained at the Lord's table for longer than you've been in ministry. So these people might not be easy to win over, but once you do, they are solid supporters. They're hardened, and they're strong, and they know how to keep at it even when things get tough. So if you want to bring lasting change, don't write off those people who wrote you off when you first arrived. Because God can change their hearts the same way he can change your church. And in the end, you might just find yourself thanking the Lord for their presence. My own story of finding and accepting support is a testimony of searching through all these different avenues. But in the end, it's really just a witness to God's grace. Because time and time again, he has given me the support that I needed just when I needed it most. After our congregation completed a merger in the spring of 2019, I began searching for some more connections with other pastors in the new town where we were worshiping. And there were a couple other ministers who seemed eager to get together, but for whatever reason, we just never managed to connect. A year went by, and we still hadn't gotten together, but out of nowhere, somebody brought it up again, and the three of us finally managed to meet for the first time in March of 2020. And that day, we agreed to continue meeting every week from that point forward, which we did all throughout the chaos that was that initial shutdown a week later, and all throughout that first COVID summer. And it turns out that even beyond all the pandemic things, that was a time that we really needed each other. Because over the next six months, we would lose a pregnancy, a spouse, and a church between the three of us. It was a really difficult stretch for the entire group. But throughout the whole thing, we had each other to lean on, and we grew to be very close. And in God's perfect timing, we found the friendships and the support that we'd long been praying for. So if you've tried to create these networks of support in the past, and it just hasn't worked out the way you'd like, well, I just want to invite you to try again, whether it's with the people inside your church or outside your church or outside of the institutional church altogether, try to find those hidden prophets because God does hear your prayers and he doesn't want you to be alone and he knows what you need even before you need it. I don't want to give anybody a false sense of hope that this kind of work will be easy, but I do want to encourage you that there are hidden supporters all around you. And if you keep at it, slowly, surely, and prayerfully, you can find them. And they can give you the strength and the courage and the energy that you need to persevere when things really get tough. There's a reason. God does not call us to do this kind of work in complete isolation. So keep your eyes open, don't stop praying, and don't stop trying to find those hidden supporters. Thanks for listening. 
to this fifth episode of the Hometown Pastor podcast. Please like the social pages on Facebook and Twitter, and check out the website at hometownpastor.com for a whole bunch of other resources. And make sure to listen next time when we get to Elijah's big confrontation with Ahab and start talking about getting clear on our current realities. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope you'll share the podcast and the site with all the other small church pastors you know. And as always, may God bless you and keep you as you continue to lead.